0: Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever or whoever you may be. I'm Alan Arante, and this is the first edition of The Social Hour. This series will be different in that it isn't so much an interview as it is a roundtable dialogue. The Social Hour will always have more than two people talking. In this case, it's Leo Moreno, Sean Bonilla, and myself. We discuss the elements of identity, We discuss what an ideal society might look like, and we get into a few peripheral topics along the way. This roundtable discussion was one that I pitched to Leo around my birth. Actually, it was on my birthday in December. Sean's always posting these political memes that are really funny, and he seemed like somebody who'd be interested in talking about these subjects, and that was confirmed. Leo and I, on the other hand, get into these discussions often, especially when we're on a long drive somewhere, like to band practice. I could have sworn we tossed the ball around so long on my birthday that we got to the point where we were defining the word the and it. This first edition of The Social Hour was really an experiment. We had to navigate a three-person phone call, which is difficult because you can't see the visual cues as to when somebody's going to talk or has something to say, but I think we got the flow of it. There were also, also a few times where we started to echo, and we had to pause and resume. You'll hear a synth tone that tells you that that's pretty much a cut in the tape, but I don't think anything was really lost as a result of that. Of course, there will be kinks to be worked out when you try something new. I am optimistic about this effort, and I hope we can do it again. So without further delay, this is the first edition of The Social Hour. Here's a a loaded question, and I'll uh, give it to Leo first. Leo, who are you?
1: Um, That's always a difficult thing to answer. I think... uh... I guess I just kind of default to say, like, I'm just a person, but that that means so many other things, you know? But, like, I, I'm always kind of uh, going through all the different things that entails. Like, it just means, like, you know, I, I tend to think of it very stripped down. It's like a, just a life form, you know, a life form that, you know, exists in certain ways, and then part of that is of course identity, which is I think what we're gonna to try to aim at. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: What about you, Sean? Who are you? I am I am a defrosted meat popsicle. I uh um, <laughs> like I'm I'm always torn between the individual perception and hallucination of myself as you know a singular being or Recognizing that as kind of a, a myth of our senses and wanting to see us as yeah, some sort yeah. of more complex collective organiza- organism that just doesn't realize it yet.
0: Mm. But,
2: I feel like, or I'm sorry to
0: cut you off. Uh, I, I feel you're like perfect. when when people ask me that or w- when I ask people that actually is really where I feel like strange about it. Like as soon as I start to, if somebody asks me that, you know, who are you? I immediately think of my accomplishments like what i do every day like oh i'm a teacher oh i'm a, a husband oh i i've accomplished x y and z and i wonder why that is Would do, like we tie our identity like so closely to what we do and what we've like earned you know our status and shit what do you guys think about that
1: um, well, that's like one of the things I've been studying in school. So I have a lot of different um, ways of addressing that. I think, <laughs> but um, I think part of it is because those we're embedded in like networks, right? We live our life in our lives in groups, mm. and so our position within certain groups—that's an identity. You know, a lot of identities are based off, like, you know, they're paired, you know, like you're a husband because you have a wife. (laughs) There's, like, these reciprocal roles. So that's, like, that's only one type of identity, though, I think. There's, like, a lot of them, at least from the perspective that, like, you know, I've been learning about.
0: Well, that, that goes so deep because normally you hear identity and, like, I think of, like, appearance, um, job title. Uh, like, for, like I was thinking about social media earlier today. And, like, I'll see people post a story where it's, like, literally two seconds long and they're sipping, like, a Slurpee or something, you know? <laughs> and, and And it makes me wonder, like, you know, why do they – post that and and that's just me being like critical and stuff like you know judging probably right away like Mm -hmm. by default just wondering why they're doing that but I'm, i'm trying to learn like you know there's somebody on the other end who's like it makes them feel good or you know and i just wonder like how that feeds their identity
2: i mean they want to be seen as someone like i think of my short random stories when i post a stupid thing it's like there's the this is just a silly thing to connect over or the subconscious like this will contribute to how I am seeing like my mm. uh, sub, subconscious branding, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and totally. I think uh, a really basic thing and it maybe kind of answers your first question about like, why do we uh, identify with these kind of things? It's like. We kind of, like, are what we do in a way It's like, you just want people to see, like, this is what (laughs) I'm doing right now. Like, whatever it is. And uh, I kind of, like, I kind of like that about social media in a way. Like, if you don't take it too seriously and kind of just think of it as, like, you know, if you actually, like, are curious what these other people are doing, you know. Yeah. And what do they do with themselves throughout the day?
0: Yeah. I mean, is it pretty much the same side of it's like there are two sides of the same coin, like who we are and what we do? Like, it's almost like, can you really think of one without the other? Like, is that like an essential, like pairing, like what you do and who you are?
2: I think who we are is almost just like an accumulation of what we do in that way, you know? Cause then there's like the whole, all of our theories about who we are and then who we really are. Right. Cause we can have all these thoughts about who we might be versus <laughs> what we're actually doing, you know?
1: Yeah. I think that, um, there's like a part of it that is like, you like, look, you're looking at yourself as like an object, um, all these different components. And then, yeah, as uh, an
0: object you said,
1: yeah Mm. and like when you reflect on yourself in that way then you kind of try to like you know uh combine a lot of different things you know memories and things but part of it uh, real quick uh just part of it i think is that uh the things you do a lot uh, throughout your life that's what preoccupies you know what you think about and in yeah a, like for if your job is really important then that becomes a big part of who you are you know Hmm.
0: yeah i don't know it's it. the other weird thing too is like you know it's so subjective like okay like say i think you know x y and z about myself there's no guarantee that others are gonna think that about me you know like they there's always a difference of like I don't know. I, I, I would guess that our internal experience is a lot different than what people actually like perceive us as, you know? Yeah.
2: yeah, I always think trying to bridge that chasm between what we're seen as versus what is actually the case and that attempt at self-awareness is like a, a perilous journey almost. Like you you mm-hmm. kind of have to be mindful of it, but even then in your mindfulness of it, you can only be mindful of what you're not what you what you're what you might miss in your self-perception, you know?
1: And <laughs> yeah, then society
2: dictates all this other stuff that how we measure what is our life, who are we, what are, you know, what are we worth? Like, you know, society would dictate that we're just consumers and we're measured by what we can consume. And then we judge ourselves
1: like that instead mm. of like, what's the real yeah. content
2: here, you know? What's the <laughs> real
1: stuff? Yeah, like society definitely uh, conditions a lot of that about, Uh, how we think of ourselves in that way. But it is, I think really crucial that we monitor how we think other people see us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's, there's like a interesting concept uh, for that called the looking glass self. Ooh, And it's like, it's a really simple thing. It's exactly what we just said. It's like, (laughs) uh, there's like three stages. Like you, you imagine what, another person imagines you to look like basically. And then that so <laughs> you experience a reaction to that, you know, that's the final stage. So like, well, you I- imagine how you look to others and then that's going to make you feel <laughs> a certain way. Like, like, shit, I came off really bad there. Like you feel embarrassed, you know, social sonar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, you know, it's sort of like essential though, you know, think of, you know, we like to think of ourselves as so complex and like, maybe we are, you know, we, in some ways we are for sure, very complex, but you know, I, I recently saw this video where this, this mother wolf was like kicking its ass pretty much like forcing it to submit because if the cub doesn't learn how to submit, you know, it's going to be a terrible pack member. It's going to get, it's going to get chewed up who knows what so like as a pack like a pack system or like a society maybe however or a family unit whatever you want to call it the a group you know maybe it's important that like like you said leo we are trying to monitor how we come off so that so that we can i don't know i guess just just so there's harmony among a group
2: yeah we came into awareness that stuff hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, we came into awareness of that stuff in groups. We evolved it in groups. So it's like, Mm. we need that element to bounce back and catch ourselves. But on the same level, though, then as an individual, you might feel like, hey, you know, don't tell me what to do, right? But then society's like, okay, but you don't even notice this thing you just have to submit to in order (laughs) to even survive. So just, you know, the the tug of war between those points, right?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's like a... Definitely a key thing too is that uh, to be a I've put it fancy way, it's a dialectic, right? Between the yep. individual and the group.
0: Well, it's what like, is that like? I, I hear the word dialogue in there almost, but it's like what 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 does dialectic yeah. mean?
1: It it is basically like a dialogue in a way. It's like two opposing forces so the mm. like, thesis and antithesis <laughs> and, and supposedly that will lead to a synthesis which is like some kind of in-between point and yeah then, like uh, and then that becomes the the what's it called the thesis and then a new antithesis, <laughs> like, antithesis comes about that's what like marx uh saw as like driving history
0: and and what's that? Can you put it in the context of Marx? Like, what do you mean?
1: Oh, uh, of what he was talking about. Well, he he saw class struggle as that uh, the opposing forces.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Marx. Uh, I, just to cut in real quick, um, I remember, like Sean, you've been posting a lot of uh, like I guess, for lack of better term, political memes. Yeah, they always they always fucking crack me up yeah but but like <laughs> leo do you remember on my birth on my birthday i was, we were talking on my birthday and i was like dude we got one of these days like you me and sean have to just like talk about this shit do you remember that leo yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: and all these all the all these months later like here we are yeah that's um, cool. yeah for Finally. some reason for yeah i know it, it's awesome we we all uh <laughs> for some reason are interested in like Marxism and socialism and shit like that. Um, it's cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm glad a it's, lot of people crazy. came into it. Mm-hmm.
2: It's crazy. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. it's appeal as a fringe ideology in our system now. But then in if you, if you get as far as considering it, you see what an important building blocks, Marx is to all these other ways of looking at the world that, Mm. you know only here do we have such a negative stigma like you can talk to someone who's like from ukraine saw the worst of it and they would still be like read marks it's a worthy thing to do you know like
1: yeah Uh, there was it was just this discussion about i think it was about gun uh, gun rights and things and then Someone was like, a really funny thing to do is like show these two quotes to a conservative and <laughs> see which one they agree with. And one of them was like, by Marx, it's like, under no conditions should you surrender arms and ammunition. <laughs> and then oh, this yeah. other one's yeah. like, Reagan, and he's like, uh, people shouldn't be able to carry these weapons. <laughs> it was like after the Black Panthers were carrying like weapons openly. Dude, what the and hell? Ronald Reagan passed some law, like, immediately after. Dude, what the hell? That's so fucked up. I know.
0: It's funny, though. Like, what does that even mean? Like, well, were the Black Panthers, were they, like, a militant group, you know? Like, were they threatening? Well, I, I honestly don't well, know.
1: Well, they, I'm pretty sure they they formed to protect their own communities, like, Damn. police their own neighborhoods and shit. They're confronting the same
2: problems. Like the same shit that we see now where it's like, the only difference is back in the 60s, it was like, well, instead of getting shot by police, we're just going to show up where they are and make sure that they don't get more aggressive than they should be. You know? Wow. Yeah. But simultaneously, they're doing stuff like food outreach and uh, making school lunches for kids and free healthcare programs, like a full community outreach. And they get noticed for the leather jackets and the guns and the anti-cop sentiment, right. you know? Like.
1: Yeah, like that, that shit just made people nervous, like, <laughs> like in the, the like, mainstream people. But there's like a lot of like really interesting shit that happened in like the 60s and that kind of, I think, had a big role in what happened after. Like I think there was like race riots in the 60s as well. Yeah, And and that was also, I think, around the time when, like, you know, like, ghettos were forming and things like that. And, you know, then because, you know, there's, like, closing of factories, that's when, like, a lot of jobs start moving overseas. Damn. And and then just, you know, wages stagnate so people can't really, like make a living as easily anymore so a whole bunch of stuff just goes to shit and then they start rolling back like fucking uh social
2: programs
1: (laughs) and it seems like it's almost like they just go ahead
2: i was gonna say it's almost like once the civil rights movement had achieved some of its goals and the the system of social safety that was built in the 50s was then going to have to be shared amongst different groups of people the system instead of facing that just self-sabotaged and privatized and uh rebranded it's it's uh jim crow like policies into something that still exists today in the form of like uh like like just our prison population is mostly black people brown folks you know it, we yeah. see it it's it's, it's like yeah. it never went away you know
1: yeah it was basically it was like a reaction to that the gains of the civil rights what that is that part of it's that and then part of it is like you know just the world is changing you know it's like <laughs> we can make more that, money you know yeah the restructuring of capital and all that shit but so then they it- they offset those costs so against fucking poor and minority groups mostly
0: and just yeah. by accident of history the people who are poor and minorities are people who aren't white it's just by accident i mean is it really it's really a class struggle rather than like a race struggle
2: it's both i would say it's very much both because the uh the racial like why the why 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 black and brown people are under the boot and why are white people on average wearing it <laughs> is mm-hmm. the is the situation where it's like you know, who was here first, who, who was here first and who was brought here when and why. Right. And it was like, <laughs> what, what was the justification for seizing the land in the first place was this, uh, racial entitlement, this, uh, you know, mm. idea that Europeans are somehow better. And we live with the echo of that today.
0: Yeah. Is that that, uh, manifest destiny bullshit? Yeah.
1: Yep. That's have the you, shit that Because, um, have you guys heard of settler colonialism, that framework?
0: Oh, yep. <sighs> Sounds familiar. Haven't heard too much about it, though.
1: Basically, it's like viewing um, this country as like... Uh, it's like a racial project of settlers <laughs> that they're settling... They came to settle on this land, and that involved like displacing people and then creating... This whole system of like hierarchy for races—it's called settlers colonialism. Settler colonialism. It's pretty and much. Like what,
2: I was just gonna say it's pretty much like kind of what Rome did to Europe. Like Rome marched north, made all Europe speak Latin, and then even after they left, there's still the cultural influence lingering way after. Mm-hmm. In any any group that reaped the benefit of, you know, the Roman culture depositing its wealth in their area was uniquely positioned to Mm. become an empire in the centuries that followed.
0: Mm. So it's, so settler colonialism just sound, it means what it sounds like, right? Basically settlers go somewhere and they colonize, They, they form a, like a city and just earn or take more and more privilege pretty much.
1: Yeah, and it's like they institute a whole like their own values, and they create a whole like new system too. In a way, of hierarchy.
0: It, dude, and we like in our school systems, we glorify this settlement, the set this settler yeah. colonialism in this country. We glorify it. One
2: hundred, totally. Like, we there's no shame. Like, we we. Ultimately, what this amounts to is like a full-blown genocide of the original inhabitants, right? That yeah. Play, yeah. played out. It played out well into like I say, a hundred years ago. But you know, that's like less than two grandmas' lifetimes ago, right? It's not that long yeah. ago yeah. that we were filling mass graves, and we have no shame. Whereas, like in Germany, for example, it's 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 literally against the law to get too stoked about your own fucking genocidal history. Here, we have no shame whatsoever. So. That that explains a lot about where we're
1: at. I would say, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, think, it
0: makes me. Th- or go ahead, Leah.
1: I was just gonna say that, like nationalism and like the nation state as a concept too is so important. Like in, mm. a, I think just global politics too that it becomes an important part of like giving people. Um, like an identity and yeah
0: Yeah, like the whole uh the um what do you call it the pledge of allegiance that fucking kooky ass shit that like I, i i don't think kids have to but like you know schools and school districts institute it you know they tell you to do that um and it's so it's so scary it's like these I just remember not wanting to do it as a kid. I see, I saw lots of kids over the few last few years don't want to do it. Like they're they're just you you see it in their face. They're like, "What the fuck am I saying? Like, what is this? Like, why should I be a proud American? Like, I I, I don't know. It, it's fucking weird."
1: I remember, like like when in was high adopting. school. I I think <laughs> in like Sorry. high school Sorry. we were. I was just gonna say that in high school I felt like that's where we were allowed not to do it and we wouldn't be given too much shit. But I remember other people would like, like one of my friends in class was like, you know, like people died for that flag. I'm like, yeah, but weren't they supposedly doing it for my right not to have to do that shit? 100%. Like people always say, like, oh, they protect our freedom. It's like, is that freedom come with conditions?
0: Like, <laughs> Apparently,
1: you know, exercise freedom how they want it.
2: <laughs> How'd my freedom go? Get all the way to the Middle East. That's my real concern. Like, yeah, <laughs> all the way up the, like, <laughs> Dude, you know, I, I feel like stuff. Origin. Sorry, I was just gonna say it, you just have to. No, no go ahead, Sean. When the origin of that pledge was literally instated when the united states was terrified of the spread of communism like wow. our cross cross-holding flag-waving particular brand of americana became a weapon against the spread of <laughs> workers rights movements and class awareness and anti-imperialist thought like it's and here we are you know it's Now we kind of feel chafing under it, being like, this is ridiculous. Why would anyone do this? But that's its origin, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: (sighs) Yeah, it's fucked. I don't – I feel awkward. Like I've – you know, I subbed for a few years. And uh, so many times, like in the mornings when there's like Pledge of Allegiance, particularly in the uh, middle schools, a lot of kids would just not do it. They would like not – you know, look at the flag. They wouldn't put their hand across their heart. They they maybe would stand. They'd sit down, and like teachers, like you've not been in, in the position where you feel like you should tell them to stand up and stuff. Like, oh, you're just you know acting out or something. But it's like you know they're they're kind of uh, like Leo. You, we've talked about this before, but how like you know the joker in the batman universe is like a necessary evil in a way and i know that's a terrible parallel to draw but i'm just saying these kids are treated like a joker or something you know it's like hey quit fucking with the status quo to stand up and do it you know like that's the feeling sometimes
1: yeah like that Listen. scene like gets made fun of but i mean it, there is a lot of truth to it and I think just for many people, it's kind of passe at this point. But you know, it's like, yeah, obviously, there's a there's a status quo, and um, people don't want it to be disturbed. You know. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's the thing that, like we were talking about earlier, the how identity plays into all this stuff is that, in the same way, small groups needed to normalize behaviors to survive right and prevent from a certain type of variation from those behaviors in order to survive that same fear is being exploited now to like no we can't have any variation from this perceived traditional norm or we won't survive like it's it's the same evolutionary Mm. uh, mechanism being triggered to maintain this type of thinking now you know
1: yeah i agree 100% I think that's um, a lot of the things I've been like studying recently have been like social psychology and that's like mm-hmm. all about like, yeah, like group processes and things. And that's like the downside of it is because if you think back to like, you know, when humans lived in small tribes and like, that was obviously really like great and necessary and, <laughs> It's like you would hope that, like, you know, you could, if you raised a human being, it would be loyal to your tribe and, like, not not to some strangers, you know. Like, obviously, there needed to be cohesion and things like that. It just gets, you know, out of hand.
0: Yeah, it's just, like, not, it doesn't work for, like, you know, there's so many of us now, you know. It's, like, we're struggling to keep, keep the status quo because it's safe. It's like harmonious to some degree, you know, when workers just go to work and do what they're told, there's like an equilibrium where, or not an equilibrium, but a sense of like calm, but it's like, you know, it like the the social psychology you're, you're talking about, like it has its faults. Like, you know, you see, for example, uh, again, like another animal kingdom parallel where like a, a herd of wildebeests are running over a cliff and the stream of them just goes and keeps going. You know, they don't – it's like a herd mentality that they – they, you know, they, it literally kills them. And maybe there's a parallel with like, you know, human social psychology where, you know, we can adopt or maintain these faulty beliefs or way of living. And it's like, you know, the herd's just going over the cliff.
2: I think that's the I point of us no that's the point of us as like humans and all those sort of evolutionary skills it's like we have the momentum of why herd is worth doing and you know we have the skill set as individuals but where the we, we have this unique ability to say this is wrong this is fucked up like mm, even yeah. like, as little kids when in our ignorance when our parents do something dumb we, it's like it occurs to us then that it is dumb like this person's more <laughs> experienced than me, but this is not an accurate this is not the best way, right? And now how many people are like, clearly there must be a better way to do what we're doing. There's there has to be a better way, another way, you know? We That's have all the so resources. Funny.
1: Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned that about like the kids and parents. I was recently like watching a bunch of videos about like you know, like all those incidents of like people calling the co- uh, cops on black people when they're just doing normal shit like out in public. Yeah. And there's, yeah. a, there's like a few, there's a few where like there's the, they're with their kids and the kids are crying. Like, no, daddy don't. this <laughs> is So <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Like, don't call the cops daddy. And they're like crying and then they're just fucking doing it anyway. It's like, like dude, kids, the kids like, are all right.
2: Honestly, like,
1: yeah, the kids
2: are all right. Yeah. Like the future is going to be lit. Kids already have a vague idea of like they, they for all their experience, they clearly don't know what should be going on.
0: I mean, like, are we just waiting for the boomers to die? Like, what are we waiting? For? Like, is this society just going to flip at some point where all of a sudden every politician had you know a fucking TikTok when they were a kid? It's like what? <laughs> you know, when, like when? Like when?
1: Dude, TikTok. First of all, that shit. I've heard it's, like, loaded with, like, spyware. <laughs> <for> like, to <laughs> <Yeah>. spyware. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It, like, collects more data than, like, any other app or some shit from your phone. I mean, dude, that, that, that stuff's boomers, scary.
2: On the boomers yeah. dying or not, I always just think, like, should we wait for them to die or can we get started? I'm like, is there something <laughs> we could be doing to facilitate this, you know? Like... I don't know. I'm ready. I'm ready for a world where, like every every politician running, like might have nudes out, so it just doesn't matter. Like <laughs> and up on the internet, and, like yeah. those, those fake social barrier to entries are just eroded, you know, and people can just like use the technology to facilitate a more effective system. Like shit, come on.
1: <laughs> so I just you know, don't. Like, or, go,
0: or go ahead, Leah.
1: Like I, I want to be hopeful that you know, things are going to change. And, like, I do – it does seem like new generations are really on it. But another thing that I feel like it's kind of like the same issue we were just talking about, just about all these, um, you know, these groupthink type of things, there's a lot of, like, I like to say inertia to established ways of doing things yeah um well one thing like uh i was just reading a lot about um like the concept of legitimacy mm. and, and like how that works from the social psychology like perspective on it
0: that's like kings yeah. and queens and shit right where we see them as that's, like a legitimate power
1: that's one form of it but the way they see it, it's like basically it's the belief that something is right, proper, natural, and the way things should be it's mm. viewed as legitimate. What well, so like, like, like language,
0: like how we speak? You know, if I if I talk with like a like a New York a New York accent, that's not it may not be seen as like proper or legitimate.
1: That's what like yeah, anything could be legitimate um mm-hmm. like but the what i was reading about was in regards mostly to power and then there's like two sides of it that they talk about there's like the individual side whether an individual sees something as like uh legitimate and then they called the this other concept validity and that's mm-hmm. like if you think that everyone else thinks that it's legitimate so it's like even if you don't think something's right if you think everyone else does that's uh, emperor's
0: that's emperor's new clothes or
1: yeah that's that's a similar thing so it's like you're much less likely to do something about it (laughs) or to even you know like to even um express your emotions of like that that was unfair like they do it with these experiments about, um, they have people in like these networks of like communication and one person is like in the center and has all the power and then they're told wow. like that they can change the structure of the network by vote. <laughs> <laughs> but to vote on it, they have to first send the message to the central guy. Oh, my God. And the, so in the experiments, they rarely ever vote to change the system, <laughs> even though they all know it's unfair. Right. and it, And they like... Basically, that legitimacy gives things like this kind of like resistance to change. Basically,
0: so what are so are is each individual afraid to confront the legitimate or yeah the the power or are they afraid to be the only one to challenge the, for lack of a better word, status quo of that situation.
1: Well, they're, they're all kept separate too. Like they can't they can't communicate directly with each other. They have to communicate to the center person. Damn that, that, that's scary. That
2: that's like the what's that maximum prism setup where they have the Ooh, yeah tower
1: the panopticon. Man. Dude, hell yeah. yeah!
2: Also a great band, but on, <laughs> that though, it's like how, how does one interrupt that? Like how does one interrupt that sort of procession of normalization of uh, of like our situation right now? And I think it all really does start as like. Every individual has like a unique ability now that we never had before. Like this, for example, like every individual Mm. has a full media studio in the palm of their hand, in the pocket of their hand. So now, even though we're all caught in this like web of propaganda and, you know, cultural norms and everything else, if each person arrives at their own position where they are aware of the the problems and start drawing attention to it. And they coagulate into other groups that start spreading it. I just think of like how we all get into music, right? Like someone was doing it and look cool doing it when we were young enough. And then we're like, that sounds (laughs) legit. I want to fucking do that. Yeah. So really it just comes down to like, just start giving a shit and look cool doing it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, it's tough. It's the tiniest baby step.
1: That's a puzzling thing, though, too, is like, because in, in the past, there have been successful, like, social movements. Mm-hmm. And then, like, but nowadays, things like that don't get the same traction, it seems.
0: I mean, is that why these artists, I was just going to say, is that why these artists like, you know, like Bob Dylan and shit, these guys who go out there on stage and, like, put uh, presumably put their safety on the line, you know. They'll talk against the war or whatever it is, whatever cause they're, you know, rooting for. I think yeah. there's a big, there's a vulnerability. There's like a, a, a sac, it's a sacrifice really. You know, you're sacrificing your image, your your, 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 your life maybe. Security. You like um, the
1: Dixie Chicks back in the day, <laughs> I remember that?
2: <laughs> Saints, <laughs> protect them at all costs.
1: I think protect they the actually... Chicks. I think they really did get kind of screwed for that back what then. what was that
0: about? Do you remember though? what I were they saying the
1: Iraq war they were against it, yeah, they talked shit about George Bush, and then the yeah. entire country
2: community just turned on them
1: See, and that's the D- like, irony.
2: everybody who got offended at the D- at the Dixie Chicks is complaining about free speech right now.
1: What oh, the yeah. fuck?
2: <laughs> What the fuck?
1: Yeah, there's always a lot of like hypocrisy about that.
2: But I think that's it though. Like literally like whatever platform you can get, whether it's like a tiny digital one or a giant stage, and just just give a shit and look cool doing it and it will be worth doing. Because there's no expectation that you'll like single handedly succeed. It's more just getting other people excited. Especially at this stage, you yeah. it's just, you just have to make you, communities.
0: Yeah. But I mean, Community what even works?
2: what even works
0: now though? I mean, dude, there's protesters out there like all the time. And it, I mean, it, you know, cause I'm in my fucking room, not doing shit. I don't see the difference that that makes, you know, if it does or doesn't, it's like, I, I feel like movements nowadays have to be like millions and millions of us. Like nothing seems like it changes
2: it all starts somewhere it does you're right it doesn't change like that overnight but it all has to start somewhere and i think where like where that plays out like just look at the feminist movement in the 70s and the sort of cultural shift between the 50s and now and that's literally stems Mm. from just a bunch of angry women who were just tired of it and they put themselves (laughs) in the line and now the world's a little different and in the same way i mean there's there's a further line to push like we can go from being like vehemently anti-progress to okay maybe a little progress you know and just make the idea seem more palatable to more people Mm -hmm. of course if they won't let Mm -hmm. us do that then that pushes for what must a a harder stroke type of struggle but you know
1: yeah that's the thing like i think um for things like that to really work, um, on a smaller level, I think it's got to be organized. Right. And cause I think like people are doing like rent strikes and shit like that right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's been a 150 different labor strikes since the quarantine. Wow. Started.
1: Yeah. And those like, can really work if you're organized and like you, like, do it targeted and like you know get enough people that are just not gonna do you know go to work or not gonna pay rent and they just support each other like as a community and that should work it's fucking it's really scary oh my god oh my god it's back
2: (laughs) i don't know why the hell I was going to say once you start to like look at the daunting task that is ahead, it's really easy to feel like fuck any part of this shit. I am just going to bury myself in a hole and hope for the best. Right. But yeah. it, I think yeah. it, it's, it's not, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it feels good to kind of throw yourself out there being like, whatever happens, happens. You'll know you like, even just sharing a meme for me as a hairdresser who like my social media presence is like my, literally my business. I'm like, Kinda, I kind of put, my, put myself out there in a potentially yeah. damning way yeah. just to say what I'm saying. But I keep getting positive feedback and I'm not losing clients because I, I must resonate with some people.
0: How about uh, why don't we talk about just some ideas and elements and maybe critiques of our world now. So as a society, what, what, what would an ideal society look like to you guys?
1: I was thinking about it a little bit when you like showed me that, uh, the questions mm-hmm. and uh, like the, the details I think are really hard to get down. That's the issue. But I think like the, the basic things I need to be there is it ties into identity for sure. There needs to be like, I think a society has to provide a path for you to have like a meaningful life somehow (laughs) like you need to have like you need to be able to forge an identity that's like valued and validated and then like a lot of people just don't they don't have the same chances for that and that's what's really Mm -hmm. like unfair and i think a lot of like the school shooters and mass shooters and things like that i think a big part of that is that they're not like integrated like they don't have like a, a valued identity that that like makes them feel good about themselves you know well said mm. well said but then it's I, like I, the, I, the details I, it's like i don't know how the fuck you ensure that that's the problem
2: yeah i mean dude i would totally go exactly what you're saying like how do we even ensure that but to note that that's what our human needs are and not just like bare minimum stuff i like mm. part the ideal situation almost has to come from a place where we don't like punish individuals for collective malfunction you know yeah yeah know. yeah so even if like a dude is a piece of shit which like rightfully if a dude's being a piece of shit exclude them from society whatever but we don't have the emotional resources to confront that. But in an ideal situation, we would have to all surround that person and be like, okay, we don't want you to turn into a super villain in the shadows and come burn down our village. So we have to do right by even you, you know, even the worst of us. Right. Which is, that's a rough, that's a tall order. That's a tall ass order, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes there is like, there's going to be situations where like, they no not of their own, but, you know, just a person maybe can't be that way, you know, like sociopath, a complete sociopath, maybe <laughs> that like for whatever reason
2: sick in some way, just they're yeah, like,
1: they, that yeah, they're just not wired to work well with others like that. It's like, what do you do? You know, if they like well, it can't like stop. Like if they can't stop like from that, hurting man. people.
2: Yeah. I mean, I know someone who's diagnosed like literal sociopath and even they have boundaries. <laughs> even they have like yeah. they can be held to some expectations, which gives me hope. But it's like when you have the perfect storm of you're a sociopath born with power, born with influence, and then the perfect storm creates a situation where it's like, oh, who's better equipped to turn our whole village against themselves and for, to their own benefit in some way, you know?
1: Yeah. There's just some that are too tough to like deal with. I think.
0: Yeah. You, you know, this is slightly off. This is on topic, but it's slightly off topic to exactly what you just said. But you know what I was thinking about recently? Like I was, I was thinking also like what an ideal society would look like. And uh, I, I think of the word homeless. So like, you know, like we're talking about school shooters, that's like one category of people in the society that this, the system doesn't just fun, it doesn't function for those people for some reason. But like the homeless yeah. also are like this category of people where the system just fails for for one reason or another. Maybe the uh, maybe there is something wrong with with them. You know, a lot of them are nutty out there. But you know what I thought? This is something that could happen now. This isn't even like a flowery, you know, like future. You know how many hotel rooms are vacant every fucking night?
2: The houses, I, the houses that are vacant. Sorry. Yeah. Even what the houses. Do? Yeah. It's like, we dude, got, we got, could provide we
1: resources, you
2: know. That's what's yeah. annoying, dude. Yep, it's just a choice. It's just a choice.
0: Like the infrastructure is there, the materials are there, the the buildings are there and they're vacant. It's like we, I I know it doesn't make sense in our system, but it's how it is now. But like the literal, the, the physical stuff is there ready to go. There are houses, hotel rooms that are just empty every day. And there's like all these homeless people. It's like, can't we, can't we think of something?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, well, I think that's like, the first something, sorry, I was just going to say the first something is just convincing people with like the, the culture like ad- addressing the the tendency to want to stamp out that idea as too too progressive meet that and then people will arrive at it naturally enough people already feel this way they just think it's unpopular they they, they shoot themselves in the foot with the whole well in our society that would be kind of hard but it's like but why though just fucking do it
1: <laughs> yeah I like they they're, i think they're, i'll go ahead
2: I was just going to say there's already a precedent being set where homeless people have seized some property in the Bay Area and in Los Angeles and lawyers have come to defend them. And they're setting up a legal precedent where if you're really struggling and you just take it and no one is really put out for you just having taken it, maybe you should just take it is the sort of thing that should be put forward here, you know?
1: Yeah, like I, this is where it kind of runs back to this idea of like, how do you provide everyone also like a meaningful life? Like mm-hmm. I don't know, like shelter, like literally, pe- like Step people. One. Yeah, that that's the thing too. Is you need those <laughs> first. You you gotta have your <laughs> important needs. Yeah, yeah. I also like I. You know, with, like, veterans and things, a lot of them are homeless.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I think I feel like a lot of them just, like, they can't address the problems that they have, like, from having been in a fucking war. (laughs) Which, you know, that's another source of the problem, too, is, like, putting people in those situations. And then, like, they don't have the means to, like, address those issues. And in some cases, (laughs) like... to bring it back to identity, it might not even be like, you know, think of like the masculine identity, the typical masculine identity to be independent yeah. and like, like asking for help isn't even like in line with that identity. So it's like,
2: <laughs> that it's so fucked, dude.
1: To addressing that.
2: The traditional man is just like doomed, a doomed tragic hero by default. Yeah. Like, you either die for the glory or suffer in the misery of not being able to ask for help for having survived this attempt at dying for the glory, which is like a real fucking tragedy.
1: Like, yeah, like I'm point. not one.
2: It doesn't have to be this way, you know. It just doesn't have to be this way. There's other ways yeah. to do this, you know.
1: Like I'm not one to be all like fucking men's rights shit like that. It <laughs> usually, is, typically, like has some hidden misogyny and. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. but like, uh, but I, there's nothing wrong with pointing out, you know, the the problems and the way that both gender identities are like yeah. shaped, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you if, know, if, if these issues could be addressed, then I think on both ends, the way you're saying, like, both both sides of this coin could so easily be addressed, and yeah. the way they contribute to perpetuating the problems that they are so obvious. It,
0: it's so fucking complex. I mean, it's like people, all these people go to war and they come back a certain way. And, you know, decades later, they're, they're still crying when they think about these things. Um, it's so complex. It's really hard to, to wrap my mind around like all this stuff, basically like, you know, I can only think I can only really know my own affairs and like my own emotions and powers. It's like hard to it's hard to wrap my mind around what a civilization is going through, you know, what a whole category of the species is going through, namely, you know, males who come home from war, you know, it's like hard to wrap your mind around these things.
1: Yeah. And that's part of the problem too, is like, we want simplicity. And I think to an extent, it's almost like we're built to approach life that way, but it's like, not simple. It's like, so (laughs) complex. Cause we can only uh, like think of a few things that, in our mind at once, you know,
2: <laughs> uh. I think for, on the, on the simplicity versus the complexity of it, it's rough. Cause it's like, you have to take in the vast complexity of it in order to like get a scope of where, where the hell are we? How do we get here? Right. But yeah. then you almost have to reboil it back down to some simple not solutions, but what then must one do in the face of that? You know? And I think yeah. like where I look at like some Marxist thought and even like how like specifically that is just like how do you take our ideas about these things and materialize them? Whether it's on a really minuscule small scale or facilitating a space where people can have these big reflections and maybe arrive at a simple thing to do you know there's big big complexity but every little small thing th- does affect it so it's you know i think it's easy to look at the complexity and imagine oh, it's just not even worth bothering it's just too much but yeah. we forget the yeah. little stuff we forget the little things that we can do to just shift it you know
0: I mean, it's tough. It's like, even if, okay, give me the perfect society, put me in there right now. Like with a perfect, not a perfect society, but let's say an ideal society, it still assumes I, I figure because at this level there's billions of us. It's not like, Mm -hmm. you know, a town hall where you just take a vote, you know, it, we're talking billions of people having to what talk about a million different topics and different problems and different things. So, an ideal society probably still has like some kind of governing body. So like, I don't know if that's like anti-anarchism or something, but it's like, you know, we need some governing body. Uh, and, you know, we, we really, I think as individuals, most of us have to sort of like give up some of that say, because there's just so many of us, we have to trust representatives to make the best choices. It's, yeah,
2: that's,
1: it's,
2: we definitely need a government, and we definitely need representatives and I think it's possible to have some form of democracy. I imagine like if if we could develop a, a thorough enough secure technology to kind of consolidate digital impressions into a democratic data set that can be used to interpret people's needs, that would be an mm. ideal situation but you know in Dark order to really manage that, it would kind of have to it would kind of have to be like a centrally planned system that is facilitated by technology, but is still very much in the control of the users completely. Like, I I think we're in a unique place where all of this stuff is very much within the realm of possibility. We just have to think of it as such. We really do just have to think of it as possible to get to the point where we could even have the brainstorm session to see what that would look like. You know?
1: Yeah. That's a problem too. And we just don't even consider possibilities to, Um, that's my
2: case um, for idealism in the face of all this madness is because you almost have to have the willingness to consider it as possible to even have the dialogue to find out what's not possible and worth excluding you know
1: yeah like
2: but i mean the whole immortal science of marxist leninism (laughs) kind of It, it kind of hands itself down with the expectation that the next generation is going to adapt and apply it for their material conditions wow. and not just hand down instead the traditional mindset that we're all raised to think that dooms us into the cynicism that's wow. like, well, fuck it, I guess I'll just... Yeah. All about it. like uh you know there's no hope for anything i you know have a drug addiction about it it's totally chill and at and, yeah. and that level i'm like i don't blame anybody who is on that level because it is heavy this is hard life's hard this sucks you know yeah. <laughs> it's a tall order the opposite of that you know <laughs>